everyone, Dr. Tim here with Hillary for another Dr. Tim's Aquatics podcast. How are you doing this morning, Hillary? I am doing good. We got a bunch of questions today. Wonderful. Always like questions. That means people are listening. Yes. And I got to say, before we get too far, only because you sent me the message the other day that we have hit 10,000 downloads. Thank you guys so much for listening. That that just means a lot. Yep. Thank you. Much, much appreciated. And again, just getting going on the show circuit. Um, we've been at aquaculture. We were at reef stock, aquashella. Now we got reef of palooza coming up and uh, many more. So come on out, visit, ask your questions in person. We'll be at the Global Pet Show in a couple of weeks, and maybe uh, I know we're going to do something live there, too. Oh, yes, definitely going to do a live stream. So. Yep, a lot of people there. So stay tuned. All right. Let's jump ready? in there. Yeah, jump in feet first and uh, get this going. Okay. Question number one. Dr. Tim, I am an aquarium service guy in Phoenix, Arizona, and I'm having an issue with an aquarium that has butterflies in it. It seems that they live for only three to six months, and then one at a time, they will slowly die off. Can you please advise on what type of parasitic or bacterial treatment that could help to reduce the loss of these marine butterflies, specifically raccoons, pearl scale, and long nose? The aquarium's eating regimen is three times a day with frozen brine, spirulina, and mysis. It's a 300-gallon tank that has two canister filters, which get cleaned monthly. And during the aquarium service, which is every two weeks, there is a 50-gallon water change done. Thanks for your advice. Well, he mentioned parasites, or she, um, but is there any real evidence of parasites? Um, you don't want to treat fish if there's nothing to be treated. Uh, but to me, the issue is more that they're not being fed correctly um, and they're slowly wasting away. I mean, mycids, um, brine shrimp, and what was the third, spirulina? Yep. Yeah. That's not a nutritionally complete diet for uh, butterflies because they need a lot of algae-based food, and brine shrimp don't provide any of that. Uh, mycids don't provide any of that either. And then the spirulina is a great food, but it's not 100% you know, nutritionally complete. So what I would say is that the, the fish need to be fed a completely different food. Of course, I'm going to recommend our beneficial because you can add, uh, this is our do-it-yourself frozen food, you can pre-make that, put it in, a, obviously pre-make it, put it in a freezer. Or if you're a service company, you can make enough that you have it in an ice chest as you're making your rounds. But you need to feed a better food. And if you think it's parasites, you should really confirm that. There's a couple of services that you can get where they can, or you can maybe do it yourself and just look in, in the gut of the fish and are you actually seeing parasites and the best way to treat those is with feeding uh, a food that has an anti-parasite in it. 
And what's nice about our beneficial do-it-yourself frozen food is once the fish are on that and accepting that, you can add, because you're making it yourself, uh, you can add anything to it, including antiparasitic um, drugs and put it, make, make the medicated food that you need directly for those fish. But that's what I would recommend. Get them on a better diet and then confirm they have parasites and then feed an antiparasitic food. All right. That's, that's some good advice. And, you know, you mentioned one of my favorite parts about using the beneficial fish food is that you can add stuff to it and kind of mix it to make it exactly what you need to work. Now, one thing I will say is just coming, cause I I've cleaned tanks and I've done service and maintenance. So, you know, butterfly fish are one of those species that like they, you, you should feed them multiple times a day. And I know at least in my experience, I had clients that absolutely would not touch frozen food. Like they just wouldn't do it. Like the tanks were there for display and we would come in to take care of them. Is there something else that you would recommend to supplement if they can't, if, if the clients aren't willing to feed as much as needed with the beneficial fish food? So a non-frozen food? Yeah. Um, well, if you can get them to eat uh, a high quality pellet, but they, you know, that's, that's, that's algae based, you know, more plant based, um, or may, maybe try grinding, you know, our peas and seaweed, because um, we have those as the beneficial uh, treats and food where it's freeze dried you know it's not frozen it's freeze dried and you can grind that over the tank or um because the questionnaire doesn't mention adding any type of algae to the system you know with a clip um yeah so something like that but they're, they've just got to get a better a more a more plant base because that's what they're doing the butterflies are picking at things all day long yeah and um they're just, you know, they're, they're not getting the complete diet they need in, from what information that the person's provided us. So a clip with some algae, uh, grind in some uh, of our uh, beneficial seaweed or uh, freeze-dried uh, peas, um, something you like that. You could probably even put those in an auto feeder and just have it like check to make sure the auto feeders are going to dump a whole ton of it out there, but like pair that with one of those, um, like little feeding clips, like you put it on and it, the auto feeder just dumps the food into this little area. So it can't, you know, get caught in the overflow and then gives the fish a chance to get it. That'd be a good idea. Yeah. You can do that, but something like that, if you're not willing to do the frozen food, yeah, it'd be fine. I, and I, I mean, there's, have you had much luck getting um, those fish to take pellets in, in your experience, Hillary? Um, it, it, I have, but it was usually hit or miss and you had to train them to get on to eating pellets. Yeah. You, you, so you, unless you know they're eating pellets, putting pellets in an auto feeder just adds pollution to your tank. Um, Cause there, there are some nice um, quality, pellets uh for you know for pellets but um you got to make sure the fish are eating them most those type of fish in my experience like you say it's hit or miss whether they'll accept a pellet yeah 
Exactly. Well, best of luck to you, Phoenix, Arizona. Hopefully you can get some of those butterflies to last a little bit longer. Okay, question number two. I have a small 10 gallon tank. It's been up and doing very well for about two years, but the last three months I've been putting in a waste away gel um, about once a month after noticing an outbreak of something that's on the sand bed, just on the sand bed. I previously had been using GFO, but took it out today in case that was helping to cause the problem. I'm still running carbon and filter floss. This is on the sand bed this morning and much of the rest of it has disappeared, but I'm guessing it will be back later today once the lights get back up and going. Now there's a picture that you guys obviously can't see, but Dr. Tim has seen the photo or the video that goes with this. So this person is asking, what should they do? Should they go ahead and put a in-tank UV sterilizer on there for a week, few weeks? Could they use waste away with the UV sterilizer or can they not be used together? please help. So looking at the video and what the person describes of when the lights you know, get going, this will be back. That's classic dinoflagellates. And it looks like dinoflagellates. So the best um, way forward is to is this physically remove as much as you can. So uh, siphon clean the substrate. And then uh, the one thing that's missing is any water quality data. You know, what are your nitrates and phosphates? And then 10 gallon tank, what do you think the chances of having a skimmer on that are, Hillary? Probably pretty low. Yeah, probably non-existent. Yeah. Um, so um, you definitely want to add the, the waste away gel and keep that in there. Clean the substrate. Um, the other thing that's not mentioned is the 10 gallon tanks aren't very deep. And a lot of times, even in small tanks, people invest in really nice lighting systems that put a ton of blue. A 10 gallon tanks only, is it even 12 inches deep? I think it's 12 inches. So look at what you're doing with your blue channel and dial that way back because dinoflagellates are photosynthetic. So if you're putting a, a ton of blue light in, a, you know, from a, a nice quality uh, system in 12 inches of water, that's really a, a lot of light. The other thing is that, you know, when you're looking at hints, tank was running great for two years and, you know, last couple of months, things are going sideways. And that's just pretty much classic case of organic buildup. You've got to get the siphon clean that substrate and get the waste away gel to reduce the organics that are in the substrate and you can get the tank back in shape. Make sure your phosphates are about 0.03 and nitrates are between five and 10 and watch how much light blue light you're putting uh, onto the tank and you can, can uh, reverse course and get it back into tip top shape. All right, seems like a fairly easy well, did, fix. Uh, but they asked about UV. You know, there's there's been mixed. Um, some people say UVs really helped get rid of their dinoflagellates. Some people say they haven't. So you know, usually the dinoflagellates are on the substrate, the sand, and the sand isn't being cycled through the UV. Um, and sure, there could be some uh, dinoflagellate cells that are in the water, but the majority of it's just in the substrate. So. 
I'm not sure the UV is going to work and the UV will reduce the waste away bacteria, which you want to have as a counterweight, you know, to, to counter balance and get rid of the uh, dinos. So overall, I would say don't um, add a UV. All right, good advice. Okay, moving on to question number three. So I'm, I've got some uh, water quality parameters for you to start off. So ammonia is one parts per million, nitrite is zero, pH is 7.6. Um, and they say that ammonia for the whole duration of their testing, ammonia went up by 0.5, but the nitrite hasn't budged. Should I keep adding ammonia? Do I just wait? Okay, so it sounds like this person is cycling a new tank. They don't tell us how much, how many times they've added the ammonia, but it's at least twice. Um, you're not always going to see nitrite. I mean, you, you're buying the one and only to quickly cycle the tank, and uh, we put a fair amount of nitrite oxidizing bacteria in there. And if you're careful on the amount of ammonia you add, you'll maybe not see nitrite and nitrate most tests almost all the test kits used in this hobby are not at all good at low levels you you have to have nitrate above 20 to start really getting a decent reading so it doesn't surprise me where you don't have a, a lot of nitrate in the system the kits the kits just not picking it up anyways all indications are to add more ammonia. And when we say, you know, four drops, that's the maximum. If you want to add a little less, you can one or two drops. Um, but with this tank, definitely it's time to uh, add some more ammonia into the system. All right, moving on to question number four. Now this is from a store. I just started carrying one and only. Does it need to be refrigerated? I don't remember it being cold when I received it, but I just wanted to check and make sure. One and only does not have to be refrigerated. Um, you can refrigerate it. There are pluses, there are minuses. If you're a store and you're getting a fair amount in, you could split it in half and refrigerate half of it, which basically kind of stops the clock but realize that once the bacteria are cold, they don't work as fast. They don't come back as fast. So what you want to do is keep your stock out on a shelf where it's at room temperature, ready to go. Or, you know, customer buys it and they can add it to their tank and it's going to start working within 24 hours. The cold stuff you'd really want to put out on the shelf on, and you know, to, to backfill or refill your shelves. You don't, if you can sell the cold directly, but it's going to take longer for that to work for the customer because the bacteria have been in basically cold storage for however long. Um, so you can split it like that. Uh, it does not have to be continually refrigerated. Um, at my old position, we, we did that because we didn't grow the particles. On, we didn't grow the bacteria on a particle. When they're growing on a particle, they extrude what's called EPS, extra polymer substance, and that acts as kind of a 
force field protecting them, keeping them uh, active longer in, in the bottle so they don't have to be um, stored cold to survive. All right, good advice. Okay, question number five. You recommended using clear up for, or do you recommend using clear up for newly established tanks? My tank is about 30 days old and was started with live rock and dry rock. I also used one and only. I don't have any ammonia or nitrites, but my water is slightly hazy. I'm assuming due to the age of the tank. Would clear up help with this? If needed, how many days should I wait before a second dose? Thanks. So clear up is a flocculant. So it's a bacteria-based sub, it's just bacteria-based. And the bacteria can be a pain in some cases because they, they want to stick together and they can actually impede water flow. But we that's in a wholly different case. What the bacteria do, is as they stick together, they take particles out of the water and they cause those particles to stick together, forming bigger particles that then your mechanical filter can remove. But clear up only works on particles. It doesn't work on bacteria. So if the bloom, the, the haziness of the aquarium is due to bacteria, clear up's not going to help. If it's due to fine particles that were in your substrate. And as you set up the tank and mixed the water and everything, these very fine particles have just not, not settled, then it would help. You really can't overdose it. So you could tr you know, treat the tank day one and again, treat it day two. The way to um, most successfully use clear up is to turn off everything. The, the that moves the water if you have uh, any type of air stone bubbling you know power heads or pumps that are moving the water filters that are breaking up the surface you want the water quote quiet that is where it's not moving the surface is not being agitated and then take the prescribed amount of clear up for your tank and try to pour it across the entire surface or as much as your, the surface as you can. Don't just pour it in one part of the tank. Try to spread it out and give it about 15 or 20 minutes. And you should start seeing the upper level clear. And then it'll, you know, as you time goes on, mm -hmm. the tank will clear from the top to the bottom. Then you'll have this cloudy water at the bottom. And that's what you want to try to remove, either siphon out or filter through some type of a fine filtration or, you know, just turn your system back on. I would turn the filter pump, you know, if you've got an outside filter or a canister filter, I would turn that on because you're trying to get all that material trapped against the sponge filter pad, whatever the mechanical filter ha you have in your system is. So don't aerate, don't just turn on, um, you know, a wave maker or something, cause that's gonna, that can break up these particles. You wanna try to remove it through your mecha mechanical filter. You know, I, I can picture exactly what you're talking about. I haven't had to use this product on my tanks, but I kind of want to just like, it sounds so fun to watch. <laughs> just stir up your tank, just stir the substrate up a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All 
Okay, moving on. Let's see. I purchased Dr. Tim's one and only with the purple cap that says for reef, nano, or seahorse. I noticed there's one for saltwater aquaria as well, but I'm confused as what differentiates these as my tank is a saltwater tank. I do plan to have fish and coral down the road once the water is ready for them, but I want to make sure that this is the proper step and I'm not using the wrong products. Thank you so much. Okay, so there's there's no difference between the saltwater product and the reef product. So the teal cap and the purple cap. They're both for saltwater tanks, marine tanks, reef tanks, saltwater fish tanks. There's It's the same product. It's just a marketing because when we first started this company 15 years ago, can you believe that, Hillary? It's going to be ending our 15th year this August. Starting well, that's exciting. It sounds like a special fancy trip to the Caribbean to celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're trying to get a company outing in the Caribbean or something. Rent a sailboat. That's it. Barefoot oh, crews and everybody out there. Who's going to do the work? It sounds like lots of content for social media. <laughs> okay. <laughs> plug, plug. Shameless. Um, anyways, what were we talking about? Um, we were talking oh, the label. When we first came yeah. out, uh, we labeled freshwater saltwater. And at that time and still now, there's a lot of reef stores. And the reef stores would say, well, this doesn't say reef. And I'm not going to carry anything that doesn't say reef. And the influence of the internet was that you needed something that is labeled reef uh, because if it's not labeled reef, it's not safe for reef. So we just started a line reef, which sells just as well as the saltwater line, but they're both perfectly safe. We don't make any products that are harmful to your aquarium reef or saltwater wise. So um you can use either one. There's no wrong choice there. All right. Number seven. I think this is one that came after somebody listened to um, our podcast about ammonia. Could be wrong. If the buildup of ammonia in the water itself, or is it itself toxic, but rather harmful because it doesn't allow fish to eliminate ammonia within their bodies, how do ammonia detoxifiers benefit since ammonia is still in the water? Can fish eliminate their ammonia if the ammonia in the water has been detoxified? Okay, so there's a couple of parts here. One's a little bit of a misunderstanding. The ammonia is toxic. Even at a low, if you remember, you've got ammonia in two forms, ammonium, ammonia. Ammonia, NH3, is a gas. It diffuses into the fish. It diffuses out of the fish. At low pH, the vast majority of the total amount of ammonia in the water is in the ammonium, which is the uh, cations stage. And that is not acutely toxic. I mean, it's not, it's not toxic to your fish that it's going to kill them in a short period of time. But it is the ammonia that is... The, the problem because ammonia is a central nervous system toxin. That's why the fish are darting around or sometimes in porpoising where they'll, they'll be kind of pointing their snouts up and trying to jump out of the water and then sink, sink down. Um, even at low pHs though, 
where the vast majority of the total ammonia is not in the toxic form, it affects the fish. And there was a cool PhD thesis done years ago by a guy at UC Davis, and he had these flow-through systems using um, channel catfish fingerlings, and he had different levels of ammonia at low pH in these systems. And he, what he showed was over time, the, even a small amount of ammonia, the unionized toxic form, minuscule amount, drastically affected the growth and the overall health of the fish. So it, it is the ammonia. It's not that they can't get rid of it. It's just the ammonia scent is affecting the central nervous system and the overall health of the fish. Now, when it comes to ammonia detoxifying products, not all products work the same. Some products try to lower the pH. And if you're here, like in Southern California or you know Las Vegas, where Hillary is, where the water's got high alkalinity, those products are pretty much worthless. You, you'd have to add so much to get the, you know, first you got to consume the alkalinity, the buffering capacity of the water before the pH is going to drop at all. If you're in the Pacific Northwest, you're know, up in the Seattle area, those products that drop the pH will do a much better job, but messing with pH is just chasing your tail. So that's why I don't like those products. Um, there's other products that say, well, we, we, we change the ammonia and we make it non-toxic, but it's still available to the bacteria. And that's just voodoo folks. That's, that's can't be possible. Ammonia NH3 is what the bacteria use if, and that's the toxic form and you can't add something to it and make it non-toxic and still available for the bacteria. So that all sounds great, but it's voodoo science. So then you're left with an oxidizing agent like what we have, which breaks the bonds. And yes, that will remove the ammonia from the water so that it doesn't go into the fish. If, if I'm reading the question right, Hillary, there's kind of like three parts to it. Um, so it'll reduce the amount of ammonia in the water so it doesn't build up in the fish but it's not going to, you're going to have to really, if you've got high ammonia, you have to add so much of this. I'm not sure that's a healthy way to go. An emergency, definitely. But how about just changing water and getting any of the ammonia out of the water would be a, a better uh, way to go forward. No, I think you got did a good job getting the gist of that. All right. This next one is totally different than all of the other questions we've had so far. And that is, where can I find more information about your ProTen LED lights? I saw a photo that you posted from one of the trade shows, and I'd like to learn more. Um, we are posting that information. We've got some up and we'll have more. We just got in these, these ProTen lights in um, three flavors, freshwater, marine, and um, are you laughing? Reef flavors. <laughs> and reef, a reef blue. So stay tuned to our website. That's where you'll be getting more information. Um, we're working on that as we speak. Okay. Excited. Thank you for asking about that. 
we're very excited about all of these new products that we have available. Yes, so. and we will um, be debuting these along with, uh, you know, you, you can hook up because you got to have it. You can uh, control them with your app, with our app, the app. <laughs> I don't know what the saying is on that. From your phone and set timers and do all sorts of fancy things. They actually are... Um, so we'll be showing those in two weeks at Global, and Hillary and I will do a live, putting us on the spot there, Hillary, but we'll do a live um, yeah, infomercial, you know, information about what we're showing, the new stuff that we're showing. Uh, what's pretty cool about these is that if you do um, knock them into the tank, they are submersible, not as a regular unit. We're not making submersible lights for aquariums but they are sealed they're really nice units and um, i've got to say so i've got one of these on my tank and i have this giant hermit crab he's like the size of a grapefruit and when he's hungry he'll come to the top of the tank and he'll sit on top of this pirate ship and kind of like wave his claws about so i was feeding him the other day and he's directly below this pro 10 light that i have and like to balance himself he puts his claw that's soaking wet over top of the light i was like oh my gosh and normally you i would this on video i do actually <laughs> <laughs> i do hand feeding the giant hermit crab yes as he looks like godzilla hanging from the empire state building looking for food yes yeah. it's a great way to describe him actually <laughs> Okay. But anyways, we will have more of this. We're getting all that ready um, because we don't, you know, if you, I'm going to be honest, we don't want to advertise um, a bunch of things, get everybody excited. And then, oh, I'm sorry, you can't buy these because we don't have them yet. Um, so we're just getting them in and they will be available shortly. And then we'll get them uh, out to you. All right, this next question is another uh, back along the same lines of what we've been talking about for the rest of the show. I purchased Dr. Tim's one and only First Defense and Ammonia to start cycling 125 gallon freshwater aquarium. My tank has a canister filter with sand substrate, driftwood and plants. I've been following the chart you provided and I am now on day 12 and the water levels have not safely established to add new fish. So pH is six, ammonia is four. The, nope. Okay, hold on, misread that. The ammonia is 0.25 to 0 0.5. The nitrite is two to five and the nitrate is at five. What can I do to speed up this process? I've read that this combination can slow down the process, but I'm hoping for an accurate estimation or advice whether or not to add more ammonia. Thank you in advance. Okay, so quiz time for everyone who's a longtime listener out of those 10,000 downloads. What's the key here? Well, since you can't reply, it's pH of six. As we all know, we just talked about with the other question, um, at low pH, the vast majority, especially at six, basically all, the ammonia is in the ammonium NH4 phase, which is not the phase the bacteria use. So this is, this is why it's going so slow. And as we've talked about many times, and I have videos on this, if you, 
Would you agree, Hillary, that a person that has a pH of six in their aquarium wanted that water at a pH six? I can't imagine where you would just, the water would come out of a tap with a pH of six. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so, so basically it's a low pH. The person doesn't tell us, but you can pretty much bet it has no alkalinity or hardness. And that's, you know, the trifecta of terribleness for nitrifying bacteria. No hardness, no alkalinity, no pH or low pH. The nitrifying bacteria are, are quote, you know, not happy, meaning they're not going to grow fast. So what do you do? In this case, it's better to change the water parameters and because you're adding ammonium chloride, you don't have to worry about fish. So let's make the environment better for the nitrifying bacteria at first. Get the pH up, add alkalinity, add some of our ASF of cichlid salts uh, and, and get the parameters to where the bacteria like it and grow a lot of bacteria. You know, you can start putting the ammonia in, you grow a lot of bacteria then you have this biofilter with large numbers of nitrifying bacteria, change the conditions, low, you know, change the water to get low pH, low alkalinity, low hardness. And now each bacterium is going to work slower because of the water conditions, but you have a lot of bacteria. What this person's doing by having poor water conditions for the bacteria is that the few bacteria they have are working slower. So they're dividing slower. So it's going to take longer th for them to do anything. The other thing to do is buy a bunch of one and only and put it in the tank because that's, the, that's a, you know, another way to get a bunch of bacteria is to pour them in by buying you know, one and only live nitrifying bacteria and put it in into the system. But once again, those bacteria want to attach in, you know, they're attached to a little particle. That particle is going to sink into the substrate or get trapped into whatever the filter system is. And it's going to take them a little longer to start working, but you just have to get a larger bacteria population because each bacterium is working slower because of the poor water conditions relative, you know, poor in terms of what the bacteria want not maybe for the fish. It sounds like you're trying to keep maybe a discus or, or some type of uh, fish like, like that, that wants really low pH, uh, low hardness water. So focus on the bacteria first, then change the water conditions more for the, the fish and you will cycle faster. All right. Well, good luck to you. Hopefully your tank gets up and going quickly now. All right, question number 10. I misread the instructions a couple days ago when I started a new tank with live sand. I added the first defense as instructed and I waited and then added one and only. I then added two drops of ammonia total. I'm starting a 20 gallon breeder with a sump. I then tested and got little to no results on my test. Today, I added two more drops. Then I wiped off my glass, brushed uh, some of the sand around, which caused the tank to cloud up again. Then I started rereading the instructions and realized that I was supposed to add two drops per gallon. I have since added 78 drops more of ammonia. 
Will the delay of added ammonia or the stirring of the sand cause me permanent issues or just the delay the cycle for a short time? Oh, easy answer. Just delay the cycle for a short time. So stirring the sand doesn't do anything negative and uh, not adding the full amount of ammonia. Like I said, there's no correct amount. You just didn't add very much to the bacteria are waiting. So, but no permanent damage at all. I was like, that's always nice when we have like a super easy, simple answer that like, it's not the end of the world. You got this. <laughs> okay. I completed the cyanobacteria recipe and still need to knock back some more cyano. Do I start with refresh or just continue to use the waste away? That's nasty. It went from a super easy question to a... Uh... Uh, there's no right answer. <laughs> it, it all depends upon the amount of cyanide. If it's just a, splo a splotch here and there, you don't have to you know, go through the refresh phase. Um, and then as always, what is your water? You know, what is your water quality? You're, you're almost there, but do you have um, low nitrate in this case? You know, People do have that where they have low, low nitrate. Generally, it's low phosphate, but there are cases where you have low nitrate and that does tend to, fend, uh, to favor cyano. So there's no wrong or right answer here. A little bit of cyano, just go with the waste away, physically remove it, you know, siphon clean that area out and then, you know, then add a oh, waste away bacteria, you know, Add added gel in there that's always putting out bacteria, um, but you do not have to use the refresh in a case like this. All right, see that that wasn't so bad. No. Okay. Fishless cycling a tank that's fifteen gallons with sand that's not live. I have some pieces of dry rock in there as well. My tank temperature is around 81, and I keep my lights off most of the time as directed. I also left the blue filtration pad in and did everything according to the outline instructions. On day seven, my ammonia was one, nitrites were eight, and nitrates were 100, so I did a partial water change. Day 15, my ammonia was zero, nitrites were four, nitrates were 80. Is my tank cycling according to plan. I would love your input on how close I am to being done with cycling my tank. So in, in a question like that, and for future reference, if you know, you're reading this before you cycle and then you're going to ask a question, what we need to know here is pH and also how many times have you added the ammonia? Because we don't have that information, do we, Hillary? Uh, yes, I may have skipped out one of the days. So day 14, um, they redosed ammonia as directed because the ammonia, like all the readings for day 14 were zero. Oh, okay. So, um, well, that's the information we need. So at day 14, everything was zero. They dosed ammonia. Day 15, the ammonia then was, was what? Um, the ammonia was zero on 15, but the nitrites were four and nitrates were 80. Okay, so definitely the ammonia bacteria are there. 24 hours, you went from, you know, a full dose to zero. Uh, four. Um, 
do they give any more data like on day 16, 18 anymore after that? Nope, just this. Yeah. So um, the tank is not completely cycled because within 24 hours, you still have some nitrate, but it's, or not nitrite, but it's close. Definitely from ammonia standpoint, it is cycled. Um, I would say that you need to wait. The tank is, is a little slow um, than, than we like, um, but we don't know whether, do they give data for every day? No, but just had day seven, 14, and 15. Yeah, so what, I mean, maybe on day 10 or 11, it was zero. We, we don't know. Um, but anyways, the nitrite is still there, so it's not fully cycled. Um, I would say wait a couple of days and then add um, more ammonia. And when the nitrite can disappear within 24 to 48 hours, that's when you know the system is cycled. All right. So hopefully you're almost there. But you're almost there. Sure you're, you're, definitely, you're almost there. So. Yep. But please do your testing. And if yep. you need test kits, we have some. Okay, last question of this episode. I'm trying to cycle a tank. I've added ammonia, but I'd heard it's good to use nitrifying bacteria. How much should I add for a 29 gallon tank? Thanks. Well, definitely good to add nitrifying bacteria or you'll be there for a while waiting for this tank to cycle. Uh, 29 gallons, you need two ounces. Basically that's 30 gallons, uh, more or less, can't overdose. So you need one two ounce bottle of Dr. Tim's one and only live nitrifying bacteria. Yep. Make sure the water's dechlorinated and you've got a filter running. You know, uh, I guess it's never too often to keep on repeating things because we still get the same questions all the time. <laughs> yes. Hey, you know what? There are new people coming into the hobby every day. So if our advice helps a new person. That's what we're here for. So, because exactly. we talk about, you know, unplugging, don't, don't have the skimmer and don't have the uh, UV on, but you need your filter on. You want the water running and you want the water running through whatever that filter material is going to be. So the bacteria get, you know, drawn in, in, into that material and, you know, they're getting fresh oxygenated water. So you want your filter on and the lights can be on or off. Light shouldn't be on for more than eight hours, 10 hours. Um, and make sure the water's dechlorinated and you should be good to go and follow the, the directions in terms of cycling. Realize, I'm just hitting the high points. Generally, ammonia is going to disappear first. And people have a tendency, oh, my ammonia has gone. The bacteria are going to starve. I've got to add ammonia. Resist that. You've got to have test kits to tell you where you are in the system. So your ammonia might be gone, but you might have high nitrite. So resist the urge to add ammonia until both the ammonia and nitrite readings are low. So, and as always, we're here, we're on social media uh, to answer your questions, um, but please try to keep the questions short folks. Hit, hit, hit the important points. I'll not name the reader that sent us the Encyclopedia Britannica on their aquarium. 
Am I lying, Hillary? No. <laughs> no. I don't want to be it, it was a little long for me to include, but we did get your question. Yeah. So um we just I, I don't want to be rude or come off that. We want to hear from people. We want to ask your questions, but here's what we need to know. Um when have you added ammonia? Did you dechlorinate? What's your water source, if you know? Um, pH, alkalinity, hardness, temperature, salinity. Um, maybe what test kits you're using can help out. And um, anything else that you've added to the tank, that, because that can affect nitrifying bacteria are living organisms, and they can be negatively affected by some things. Okay. Yep. I wonder if on our um, if on our website we can have like a different field that you can fill in that we just automatically ask you for all of your water quality parameters and your dates and stuff like that. Yeah, we'll have to speak to our webmaster about that. Yep. Let's see. So, but help we always like you. to hear. Yep, and we're definitely here to to help people, and it, it helps us because if we keep on getting the same question, that means that we're not educating um, you, and uh, that's our job is to keep you know is to educate you and keep this fun and simple and get you through the uh, setup and enjoying the fish. I mean, I've been doing this for a while, and I still. Uh, find it exciting. This morning, I sent Hillary an article that was on the front page of CNN.com about. Yes. <laughs> it's pretty cool. It was very impressive. Yeah. And you know, you know what the crazy thing about, so it's about this new, new speed, newly described species of wrasse. So this wrasse has been in the hobby. Typically people were calling it a red velvet wrasse. So you might've had it. It's been around for like 20 years, but based on genetics, they realized that they've been calling it the wrong name, but it's a completely different species. So been around, but newly described. Yep, It's so cool. Yep. There's always neat things happening with, uh, that's why it's so exciting with fish and bacteria and aquariums and stuff like that. And, aquaponics and hydroponic systems and things like that. That's what makes it so uh, fun. Oh yeah. And, and you know, I gotta say, we're always looking for new subjects to talk about on the podcast. So if there's something that you would like to hear about, feel free to send us a message and ask for that as well. Right. Like if there is a, you know, interest in aquaponics, hydroponics, we, we make, I mean, we sell to that's what I was at the aquaculture show in San Diego last week. Um, about growing food um, in recirculating systems. And we make not only our bacteria products, but our lighting products and things like that. And you can do that, uh, you know, in a, in a small setting of your house on your, you know, kitchen counter, grow your own herbs and spices and things like that. Um, oh, can that please be our next episode? <laughs> <laughs> I think that could be our next episode. Yes. I like that. Okay, everyone. Well, Hillary, uh, as always, it's it's been a, a, lot, a lot of fun. And um, next week we are ten days. We're in um, Orlando Monday. Yep. And before that, you will actually be at Floating Seas in Florida, giving a presentation, answering questions. So if you guys are in Florida, make sure to check that out. A week Saturday. I'll be yep. at Floating Seas Aquarium Store in Jacksonville from one to three. 
doing a live. Um, we can do Facebook live. I have no idea what that means. Hillary. I just put that out. Uh, but we'll, I'll be doing a live symposium on how to set up uh, a new aquarium in the store demo. Um, there'll be coupons available and maybe we'll do some giveaways and stuff like that. So if you're in the, in that area, please stop by for all the details. It'll be on social media. It's already there, but Hillary will post again, come by and say hi and check out the store is really nice. Has a cafe and it's huge and beautiful store. They've put a lot of time and effort into building this, this store. And uh, we'd love for you to come out and say hi. Exactly. And I I will say this, the same goes, this goes for any trade show that you see us at. If you see us at a store, take a photo, tag us on social media, and I will send you one of our coffee mugs. I know. Just up in the game right there. Limited because we're not buying anymore. (laughs) Maybe we'll buy a different mug and have a series. Oh man. (laughs) All right, guys. Okay, everyone. Thanks for listening as always. And please submit your questions. We do we do like them no matter the length. It's just uh, sometimes people get a little out of hand. Uh, that's all right. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this session with uh, Dr. Tim and Hillary of the Dr. Tim's Aquatics podcast. Till next time.